You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body organ. Rearranger. You feel my Live from Podcast Detroit in Rockin' Royal Oak, Michigan. It's time to take a leap of faith with Jackie, Rocky, Nora, and Gina for some entertainment and inspiration. Join them every Wednesday at noon. You can always find us at PodcastDetroit.com. I gotta ask, what were you born to do? What time is it? It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Happy, Happy Wednesday. Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. Mm-hmm. I was born to give everybody grief. What? I said I was born to give everybody grief. That's your purpose in life. Oh, oh no. <laughs> well, She's the teacher. What do we do now? Are we getting enough or Because whatever it is she did it, I had nothing to do with it. I know. I know. At least for this hour, I'm here to give grief. you grief. Okay, what's that? <laughs> you stepping what's into grief? it. <laughs> I'm so good at it, too. <laughs> What's the grief? Do you have grief? Uh, oh, here's my grief. Here's my here's my beef with that little oh, rotten groundhog. About it. The groundhog. Oh wait, I forgot about Groundhog's Day. I'm not happy with him. Although, that, is that, wait, it was yesterday. Oh, it was yesterday. yesterday. Oh, I had. I don't even get it. I don't. I, I don't even get what. Is Actually, it? I had to do a lot of research for Groundhog Day. So, <laughs> so what is Groundhog Day? And, you know, I was a second and third grade teacher forever. So. So you got the backstory. Um, I got the backstory. So Pugsley, <laughs> Phil, he saw his shadow, which means six more weeks of winter. Uh, However, he's only got a uh, accuracy rate of 40%. So there's a 60% oh. chance that he could be wrong. Oh, it's so, kind of like the weatherman then. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the weather business. Yeah. The weather exactly. business. So anyway, so six All right. I'm well, fine with it. Hey, you know what? So our guest today actually is going to be talking about shadow work. So uh, this will be interesting. Maybe we can um, help the uh, groundhog out. <laughs> but, um, so listen, this weekend, this weekend is, what is it? Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Last year, we got it wrong. We announced Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> I think we did that every year. Every I'm pretty year, sure this is we're the first year we've gotten it right. By one Sunday. <laughs> We, we were off a week, but it for sure. You gave him a fair warning. Huh? We got it what? wrong last year. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we did. We were off by a week, but this year we're not. So I do have a little trivia. Oh, okay. don't look at my notes. Here. I'm cheating. Uh-huh. Okay. So how many times did Detroit host the Super Bowl? Once. Gina? Yeah, once. 
Gina, you're the teacher. Once look at her. Yeah, I want <laughs> Nicolina. Is you're like, I don't know. I'm not from <laughs> watch football, but how many? Here. Is that a trick question? <laughs> Actually, twice. Twice. Mm-hmm. I know it was once twice. in my lifetime. Yep. Okay. Twice. When was the um, first time? Which one of the following did not think what? When was the What'd first time? Uh, the first time was in 1982 mm-hmm. at the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah. Who sang the national anthem for that one? Who sang the national anthem? I wasn't even alive then. How the hell you did I know? Stevie <laughs> Wonder? Know. Aretha Who? Franklin? Someone from Detroit? No. Stevie no. Wonder? No. Diana, Diana Ross. Diana Ross in 1982. Okay. Yeah, you guess all the people I would have guessed. Okay, so she was on the list though. Which, which <laughs> one of the following did not sing, never sang the national anthem? Was it Faith Hill, Billy Joel, Pink, or Rihanna? I want to say Rihanna. I want to say Billy Joel. I want to say Billy Joel as well. Yeah. It was Rihanna. Knew it. Rihanna. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I'm okay. done with it. I'm not cheating um, either. I'm just I'm not peeking. I I'm saw good. <laughs> no, I okay. didn't. I swear. This, this one I know. I know okay. you will know this. Okay. How many Super Bowls has Tom Brady been in? Oh, I know. Six. Oh, has he been in? Yeah. Oh gosh. I think he's been in ten and he's won six, right? Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> He's been in nine. Oh, I was close. This year will be the tenth. Oh, well then, okay. Oh, so you're fine. Oh, but oh, that's it true. counts. So yeah. <laughs> and one more. One, Wait, did he one win six? Right? Huh? Did he win six? Oh, I don't know. Oh. I didn't look that one up. <laughs> I I know just as much as you guys do. Oh. Well, when <laughs> um, it comes to Tom Brady, my knowledge is very extensive. Yeah. So here, okay. So what does G O A T stand for? Greatest of all time. Look at you. Because <laughs> it's Tom Brady's the goal. Right. And, Rocky, and I also say Rocky about my winner. About my Lulu, my little puppy over here. She's oh, okay. the greatest dog of all uh-huh. time. All right. Rocky's the winner. Gina. Clearly. Oh, she's frozen. Rocky. That's what it is. She can no, she's, she's, no, she's pretending to be frozen. She's just she's pretending to be frozen. She's, she's, so a, she. she's a teacher. So yeah. she, you know, she's used to all the glitches. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Clearly, you you're not teaching those kids uh, anything about Super Bowl. Huh? What? You didn't hear no, we camera. missed it. You you just caught up to us. Yeah, I just caught up. Yeah, no, but Let's we'll send about, you your good job sticker. Let's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll give you a star. I'll find a star. Let's talk about the food. <laughs> What's your favorite Super Bowl snack? Oh, Chocolate pretzels, nachos. <laughs> yeah. I think nachos, something like greasy chicken wings. Oh, oh talk about God. glitching. Look who's glitching. Um, Liv makes a, uh... <laughs> well, we're in the country. Okay. The hamster's yeah. not moving as fast today. It's a little pulled outside in case you didn't know there's going to be eight more weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's not moving at all. Um, Liv makes a buffalo dip. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My sister makes mm-hmm. a buffalo. I don't know what it is, but that's really like good. Like a chicken buffalo yeah. dip. Mm-hmm. What's yours, Gina? Um, probably nachos or, you know, always some chili cheese fries. I make some good chili cheese fries. Ooh. Ooh. That sounds good. 
I know. Anything, any, any junk food, any, well, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like Christmas. Yeah. You know That's I mean? like, it's just like an excuse to every like, day for me. It's every it's day. A, just an excuse to overindulge. Okay. So Nora is out of town. She's on vacation. She made it safe visiting her daughter. So if is you're this listening to Nora. Is this an absence I want to know? she'll send a note yeah (laughs) Nora doesn't care (laughs) all right anyway let's get going because we have an exciting show an exciting guest today all right guys thank you so much for listening to the nooner show we appreciate your support and we hope you get inspired to take a leap of faith don't forget to subscribe to the nooner show wherever you listen to podcasts you can like us on facebook and follow us on instagram at the nooner show our show today is sponsored by the parlor in hadley michigan a music themed pizzeria where pizza rocks also check out happy days records and more a new music slash clothing store and so much more located at 1801 west genesee street in lapeer and from the makers of dope water if you can be anything why not be dope that's right. And Hours. time for our favorite segment. I'll just add the sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a found, who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. Our guest today is the definition of all of that and more. She is a world traveler, an adventure, and a dreamer. She has visited over 70 countries. My guess is recently she's been a little closer to home, but in her her adventures and her seeking adventure, she has learned about many life lessons that would lead to a change in purpose. And I'm guessing this last year has been a big change in purpose. <laughs> Nicolina offers a, an array of classes and healing practices. I could go on and on as I was reading more about her, but I'm going to stop right there and welcome Nicolina to our show and let her Ooh. tell us about her adventure. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here and yeah, just share this story and hope to inspire others to just, yeah, like listen to their heart and, and follow that, that calling. So let's start off with exactly tell what does your company do? Like, what are the services? Yeah. So my work really revolves around helping and activating people to step into their full potential. And it's really about like owning confidence and embodying our full self-expression, like listening to our intuition. And I do a lot of that work through different healing modalities. So I use energy healing and like movement, um, And just, yeah, like getting people to open up like shadow work so that we can really focus on what, what's stopping you. I think that's a big part of, of, you know, um, of where we, where we like step in our own way. There's always like a roadblock that we're not always sure how to get over. So, um, so yeah, I work with people on like a one-on-one basis and through different like courses and things like that, um, just to really help like activate that potential and really embody all of themselves, like step out of these boxes. So much of, of, you know, our upbringing, we put us, our, we put ourselves in different boxes of, I am this, so I can't be that, or, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in this box, so I can't overlap here. Right. And it's really just about breaking free from all of those boxes. And I like to call that like unleashing the wild side and really reconnecting to that, like 
wild true nature of what it is that you really want, like what it is that really um, is your soul's purpose, and then helping you take the steps to get there. Um, and a lot of that, you know, those steps have to do with confidence because all of us, it's like our human nature, all of every, every human, even a lot of my mentors that I worked with and I still work with um, who are very influential people, they've all, and they still all have, you know, to a certain degree, like this imposter syndrome, this like lack of confidence. And it's really an ongoing journey to, to break through that. Wow. That's so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many things that I want to touch on, which is one um, shadow work. I want to hear about that. But before we get to that, how did you get to this journey? How did you get to this point in your life? Yeah. Ooh, so it was really just following that intuition and listening to that call. Like I didn't know that I was going to end up here, but all of the little steps that seem like, okay, I know I want to do this. There's like something in me that feels this is the right step for me. I just kind of kept taking those steps and each step like built up on the next step. And, you know, when we talk about intuition, it's a big part of my journey. And, and I love to touch up on this because so many of us, most of us, like we're afraid to take the step without knowing the final destination. We mm-hmm. want to know like, well, if I do this, what's going to happen? And exactly. intuition mm-hmm. doesn't work like that. It doesn't, it doesn't tell you, you know, well, A, B, and C, and you'll get here, right? Yeah. It's just, it's like this like mystical thing that happens like in your body, in, in, in some, like sometimes in your mind, like in your heart, it takes like different shapes and different people. But the more you listen to it, the more it speaks and the more you can recognize it. And intuition actually most of the time doesn't make sense. So how I got here was really listening to that even when it didn't make sense. Um, even when everyone thought I was crazy for the choices I was making. So you know, a little bit of a backstory, I knew deep down that I like never really wanted to follow this like traditional path. It was just, yeah, I never, even like when, when I got married, I decided the week before that I was going to get married. So we booked, uh, we booked, um, like the next Friday it was like a Friday. We're like, let's get married. Let's do it next week. Wow. <laughs> um, and we booked, wow. Like, uh, uh, appointment at the courthouse and we got married. And um, so nothing that I did was like ever really traditional, but for a long time, I still did these traditional steps. Like I went to school, I was like, okay, well now let me like build my career and all of these things. I just kept following along because everyone else was doing it. And, and I was like, okay, well I'll just do this too in a way, but I knew the down that that like didn't make me happy. So I actually majored in communication studies and it was just like, well, all my friends are doing it. All my college roommates are a communication studies majors. I'll do that too. Um, but I actually love taking like anthropology classes and I always love to learn about culture. So I minored, minored in sociology. And so I kept it as a minor as like fulfilling a little bit of my passion. Um, so I knew that I always wanted to travel and that, and I know a lot of people say that, well, we all want to travel. Yes. But my wish was so deep that I would like, even during college, I don't necessarily like advise people to do this, but I would take out um, loans and credit cards and then I would go travel for the summer and then I would come back, work, pay off the debt and then do it again next summer. And, um, and I would like visualize. So yeah, that's, you know, they wow. say where there's, where there's a will, there's a way or whatever that saying is. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. And then, um, so 
Yeah. So I knew that like this, this want to travel and to experience something greater was so deep. And I would like visualize it all the time when I was, you know, going to class or walking to class, I was thinking about what would it feel like to, you know, um, like meet different cultures and be on planes and trains and all these things. So actually post-college, I did exactly that. I was, um, I remember sitting, um, I was with my brother and my dad, and it was so interesting because my parents actually have supported all my crazy, um, ideas. And we were sitting. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. What was it like to tell your parents, I'm, I'm done with college. I'm not going to use my degree. I'm going to go travel now. Yeah. So actually my parents were very supportive. Um, and it's actually interesting because I am a family of, I'm, I'm an immigrant. My parents were immigrants and a lot of times immigrant families, um, just because of obviously like immigrant families make a lot of sacrifices to move and and to provide their kids. Most of the time they're doing it for their children to provide them with this life that they didn't have. So I, my parents actually had a different approach. I think to them, they were like, well, we just want her to be happy. And if this makes her happy, then like, let's support it. And they actually thought it was a great idea. They like loved it until the day that I was leaving, they were crying. And, um, and now they're like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> but it was actually my brother who was only like a year older than me. Um, when I told him this, he's like, Nicolina, but what about your career? What, you know, all you want to do is travel and have fun. What are you going to do when you're like 35? And, you know, so, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, but they, they were actually very supportive, which, which obviously was helpful. Um, but there was a lot of people that probably thought I was crazy. I actually took a job to be a flight attendant and I moved to Dubai in the middle East. Um, and you know, it's not a very common thing that you do post-college and degree. All of my friends and, and classmates were getting into their like entry-level positions and working to yeah, like grow in their core, in their careers. And I just kind of like, put all that aside and was like, I'm going to go travel and just see what happens. Um, wow. wow. <laughs> That's about, mind. You, know, you have this, you have that, like, I'm going to go see spirit. Mm-hmm. It didn't yeah. just happen overnight as a child growing up. How did that, how did that mm-hmm. show up as you're in, in, as a, as a young child, how did that come out? Hmm. Yeah. So my childhood is I. I guess I have. I remember my childhood is like really beautiful, and we lived. Um, so I'm I'm from Bosnia, and I'm half Serbian, half Croatian, and. So I grew up on a farm with, with my grandparents, but then I was also a refugee. So a lot of my, uh, a lot of my childhood was kind of had this, like, I remember all of these like beautiful, um, uh, you know, memories and living out on a farm was very, like really about adventure. You know, every day we had so many animals, we got to feed baby goats. Um, you know, my, my uncle would make us like things from wood. Like it was just so fun. And, and I think that maybe a part of that, like maybe that, you know, awakened a little bit of, of that spirit. And then we, um, there was a war and I, and then a part of my childhood was some of those memories. Um, and then actually when we, when we moved to Serbia, I, I became shy. Like that's where actually a part of me, I was kind of like, I started to close up because I was different and, um, and, and that actually carried, that carried on through, then we immigrated to the U.S. when I was 10. And that, that like fear of showing all that I was really stuck with me and it stuck with me. And it, and I, and it's like an ongoing journey. So of course there are still times in my life that I feel like, you know, 
fearful. And this is why they always say you teach what you need the most. And this is why I like love inspiring people to, um, yeah, to like just own their full essence, like step into their expression. Uh, Because when you do that, you give others permission to do that as well. Um, And, and, you know, when you go like, let's say to anywhere and you see someone who's just dancing and singing, or, you know, just like having fun and being in their full essence, you really get inspired by that. So imagine if we had a, a culture, a world of people who are all just embracing all of themselves. Um, it would just be such a beautiful place, right? Um, so yeah, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of went off on a little tangent. No, there. Sure. You, know, you know what? It kind of gives us a, it gives us a background <laughs> go to the child you were, mm-hmm. because that's often an indicator as to the adult you will become. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It you know it makes sense that yeah. that kind oh, of was I'm so sorry. Your, <laughs> what? It's it's nature and nurture <laughs> sorry. combined to mm-hmm. produce you know mm-hmm. your successes as an adult. So mm-hmm. excellent. I just want you know I'm always curious about the the way back story, like when someone's so brave and daring to, yeah. to do something non traditional. Hmm. Absolutely. And I, and I really do think that, you know, and I always say some of these things that I've lived through, yes, were very difficult and hard, but in a way, like they served as a blessing because I think that like seeing my family start over so many times and like lose everything, um, it actually made me more daring. Um, and you know, to, and, and this is why, like, sometimes we, uh, like we all interpret and different situations differently. For me personally, it made me be more daring because I was like, well, if my parents could move to the U S without zero English, um, didn't know anybody with like two young kids, then why couldn't I just take a chance and a leap? Right. Like, so, um, yeah, so it's really just about asking yourself and and stepping back and and so a lot of these fears we just we make up. Um, so every time that I took like a drastic leap, I just asked myself, okay, well, if it doesn't work, then I'll just go back. Like the going back will always be there, but the going forward <laughs> might not. Like those chances, you know, might not be there. Right. So when you you know you traveled and you had all these experiences. Um, what part of your traveling was the kind of the moment when you realized that like, you kind of took a deep dive into your spirituality and um, kind of started learning and, and using all these tools that you were collecting that you began collecting? Like, what was that first kind of experience that that triggered everything? Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, like when I first went to travel, I was still like many, you know, 20 some year old um you know, people, I was still in that like party phase and I just wanted to have fun. And I didn't really even know what spirituality was. And I remember my mom was actually really into yoga and she tried to get me to go when I was um, like in high school and even early college. And to me, it was just so boring. And I just, a part of it probably was also because it was my mom telling me to do it. Right. Um, so when I first moved over and I, and I was traveling, it really was about just having fun. <laughs> Um, but then, um, you know, Dubai, I, so I lived in Dubai and, and Dubai is this really, um, this place that really has everything. Like they have all sorts of meditations, all sorts of yoga classes, dance classes, all of this. So I just kind of like ventured in and I started going to a meditation um, class, a sound healing. And, and I was just kind of like doing like more walk-ins. Like I would just kind of walk in, just have the experience. And then I would go out and go back to my 
you know, regular life of, you know, just being a young person wanting to have fun and party. Um, however, the, I, I kept going back, right? And and each experience, I was like, there's something more here. I remember having a few really intense experiences. And then I was really lucky to stumble upon um, an Indian yoga teacher who was incredible. And he was actually, I would say like, that was when I really just started to dive deeper into that spirituality part because he was one of the only yoga teachers I've had that didn't just teach asana or the postures, but he really dove deep into the background, the the history, the like, you know, yoga as a lifestyle, not just as something that you do, um, you know, as a workout. And he was like, I, I would say a key in, in that journey. And I knew that, you know, through his experience and his teachings, I was like, okay, someday I'm going to go to India and I'm going to live in an ashram because I would love to, you know, experience more of this. So I would say that, and then, you know, so I was there for four years and, and I would say the last two years were really of when I devoted myself and started learning more. And then I would seek out, um, experiences that got me to go deeper. And I would then, of course, look and see what was happening. And um, I was lucky because Dubai had a lot of um, really great people coming in to teach and do courses. And that and then it kind of unfolded. And um, and then, yeah, after Dubai, I knew that I wanted to, there was two things I wanted to do. One was to go to India and stay in an ashram. And one was to travel through South America. And South America was also like a call that I just like felt in my body. I didn't know why I was obsessed with this like region, <laughs> um, but I just like knew there was something there for me. So yeah, I followed those calls again. So I actually, um, yeah, quit my job in Dubai, flew to South America with my partner, now husband. Um, and we just, yeah, we bought one-way tickets and we used all of our savings and we traveled and backpacked and studied like with more teachers and lived in like local indigenous communities and volunteered. Um, and yeah, and it was it was just like a buildup of everything. And then um, when we came back from South America, I was like, okay, well, now I need to go to India. <laughs> and so I did that. And then I went to India and it just kept like going deeper and deeper, if that makes sense. But I didn't know where it was going to lead to. Even when I went to India, I had no idea that, you know, three years later, I would be working with like shadow work and more more like free movement and, and somatic, like somatics, like, um, you know, but it was like following those calls. And they all kind of added up. And here we are now. <laughs> so much of this was like on the job training. Like oh, you wow. So set out to think, oh, I'm going to it. There were opportunities that presented themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and I do and I did teach yoga and I do still teach yoga, but right. um, I've yeah, but there's there's like a deeper part of of what I feel like my soul's mission is, um, and that's like combining all of these things. Like there's so many different tools, and it doesn't matter which practice you devote yourself to. Um, they all lead to the same thing. It just that it's that devotion piece is is the key. Um, it's committing to something and and like using that practice almost like as a vehicle to to get you through these hardships, to get you through this, like, you know, whatever it is, limiting beliefs, self, like lack of confidence or whatever it might be. Um, so yes, I just kind of followed along and to be completely honest, and, and this is why I love to work with confidence as well. Um, I also spent some time in Thailand working at a detox retreat as well. 
And for, for a while, one of my mentors actually stopped me and said, okay, well, at what point are you going to stop seeking? And I love to learn. I think this is, this is a very common tendency for people who love to learn and, and grow and experience. But she said, okay, so at what point are you actually going to start to teach what you already know? Um, and, you know, that's where wow. I realized you know, maybe a little bit of that, like constant searching. Yes, of course, was to fulfill myself, but it was also because I lacked confidence to finally like step into, okay, I can now carry Mm -hmm. on this teaching. Wow. Wow. So, so how long ago was that? Like, when did you put the company together and the classes? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I started Yeah. So when I came back from India, I started teaching yoga right away and, and I loved it, but I was always like, okay, I know that there's something more and something more. And it was actually, um, so it was like, and I was doing it. I just never really like called myself. Like I never, you know, I was still doing other jobs on the side. Um, and I was just kind of like looking at this, like work as like side work or like a hobby. And, so I would have, you know, I would work with people and, and do sessions or even like in my yoga classes um, that I was teaching, I would connect with people and then we would do like sessions and things like that. But I just never, I I never, I guess I never really believed that this could be my life, that this is like what I could do. Um, and it wasn't until actually last March. So like just a little bit of a year ago, um, that once again, that intuition came through. And I remember, and I get goosebumps thinking about this and some people might think I'm crazy, but I was walking out the door and I literally felt, and it wasn't like a vision, but it was literally as if like something was telling me, you just need to take the step. And almost like it was, it was not necessarily a vision, but a feeling of this like portal. And I was like, yeah, I just need to take a step. So that was when I decided like, okay, I am devoting my time and everything to this. And, and it's, it's very, and so when people, you know, I love to just, um, like clarify this because we often think that think that like these signs are these like huge signs, like, right. Like someone, you know, waving in front of you with rainbow flags, it really isn't. They're small, but the more you listen to them, easier to recognize them. You know, I've always been open to my intuition. So like that, not that vision, but that feeling of, okay, there's something here to walk through. I picked up on that really easily just because I opened myself to it, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah. And then I, from there, and then it's the belief as well. So, so much of the time we think this is not possible for me. Um, but it is. So it's like, it's like that trust as well. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's been actually almost a year. <laughs> Were you in the States? Oh. So how you started? How, the- oh. Were you in the no, States go ahead, when Gina. you started? Um, yes, I was in the States. Um, so I was actually, I'm, I'm, we're still in Wisconsin. Um, we were for a while in North Carolina in Asheville. And then my partner got a good opportunity up here. So we moved and we were just meant to stay here for a little while. And then of course, COVID happened and that kind of, you know, um, altered some of our travel plans. But yeah, I, to be honest, I always say like, if you're happy and fulfilled, it doesn't matter where you are. I used to have this like really big, like aversion to Wisconsin. And I just think it's because I don't... <sighs> maybe because I felt like I wasn't, I was always misunderstood with the people that surrounded me. Um, but now I'm realizing like when you're happy and fulfilled, doesn't really matter where you are. Um, so yes, this all happened in the States and, um, yeah, we're still, we're still here. <laughs> Go ahead. Jackie. Wow. 
So when you when you decided you were going to um, take this to the next level, what did you do? Sit down, put together a business plan, get your mm-hmm. LLC. Like, how did you form a company based yeah. on all these uh, lessons great, that you learned? That's a great question. I actually knew I was like, I need a mentor. <laughs> I don't know how to do it on my, on my own. And I really believe in this like energetics behind when we like invest, not just like, not just with money, right. But when we invest with our time, with our commitment to something, it's like, it's, it's, there's like an energy behind it. And right away, I, I just, I knew I was serious about it. And I was like, okay, it's time. Like, I want to live this purpose. I want to, I, I want this to be my life. Like I love doing this work. And I knew that, yeah, in order to make it happen and in order to really devote fully that I was going to need support. And so I just started looking for mentors that, and at the time, of course, like when you make that choice, I lack so much confidence. Um, You know, even like, I was like, well, can I do it? What if people don't like me? Um, So actually my mentor, like that was the first stepping point. And she said, okay, well, why don't you start doing some sessions in exchange for testimonials? And that way, you know, there, you're not feeling bad of like, oh my gosh, this person just invested in me and here, you know, I can't deliver or whatever. So it was like a very easy like playful exchange almost. And I started doing that. And like the more I did it and the more I heard back from like what people were saying and, and I was like, wow. So that kind of built and built my confidence. And then I was like, okay, so I can do this. And, you know, I do have something here and, and, um, and yeah, so I kind of like started with that. And then I was like, okay, so now I'm going to start charging for this. And it started with energy work. And and of course, there was this like big battle of it's hard to charge for, for services that are, you know, that like, it was hard, because of course, like, I would just love to give this away to everyone. And, and that was why having a mentor for me was really helpful, because she said to me, well, you know, if you want to show up and if you like, obviously if, if you charge for your services, right. And then like, that is your job. And, and you can then, because of that, like invest even more in your own learning and in your, in your own like rest, you're just going to be better and better. And it makes sense. So, um, so yeah, she kind of like really helped me and walked me through these little hurdles that I think any new business owner or really anyone who's stepping into, especially like soul work, like something that's like, you're not doing it for, for the money. You're doing it because right. you love it. Um, and yeah, and then it kind of, you know, built up on that. Um, she helped me create and, and my first course. And it was all about like visualization and meditation and getting out of our own way. Um, and then, yeah, I just kind of like let up and went from there. So those were kind of my steps and it's an ongoing journey, you know? So, um, yeah. <laughs> so explain exactly like what is shadow work and what is energy healing and, um, like explain that to people. Cause I've never heard of shadow work before, but I've, I've done like Reiki and other meditation things, but I've never heard of shadow work. Yeah. Yeah. So shadow work, it's, it's really, it's like this. So we all have our shadows, right? And I'm going to try to just, I love giving backstories because I think that they're a really good way of of understanding, but all of our shadows and actually a lot of us have, they have the same shadows, right? Like we are afraid to, to show 
up fully. We're afraid of what people will think. We lack confidence. We, you know, this like fear of being judged, um, limiting beliefs, all of these things, or even like, you know, shadow is also something about you that you're afraid to, to say. Like I'm, a, you know, maybe I was afraid to admit something for a long time. Um, and, and that's that those are our shadows. So what happens is that these shadows and they're all and this is interesting to note because they're only our shadows until we bring them to light. So as soon as we say them, say them, as soon as we're like, yep, yeah, this is me, but I'm ready to work through it. They're not the shadow anymore. Um, so, but we're afraid. We're afraid of facing them. A lot of times shadow work can be really heavy as well because it brings up like past wounds, past memories. A lot of times as well, when, you know, when something happens that's, that's traumatic or that has, that really affected us, we suppress that um, deep inside. And, and then years go by and we think like, well, that happened a long ago, but it's still finds its way in your body. And that's why sometimes let's say like you're just doing something and you hear something that's random, but it like upsets you for some reason. And you're not sure why, like, why is this upsetting me? It most often has to do with something that you didn't resolve. Um, so how I actually started working with shadow work is because I realized that I had so many of my own shadows, so many of my own wounds that I never processed. Um, you know, like my whole journey of gaining confidence had to do with me for years trying to blend in and lacking confidence. Um and just like little stories that found their way um, into my life. So like, for example, when, when I immigrated to the U.S. and, um, and at the time, my parents, my family didn't, they were just yeah starting new. So we didn't have a lot of money. Um, and I remember my mom one time getting, we like went out shopping and she was like, you know, bought me and she, my mom's like a, um, a window shopper. Like she loves to buy things like off the mannequins, you know, um, and we were at JCPenney and there was this like mannequin with this like gray sweater um, and like a cardigan over it with blue sleeves. I still remember exactly the material and everything of it. And it was like out of our budget, but she was like, let's just buy it. Like it's better to have one piece of like quality thing than to have like, you know, 15 random things. Um, so we bought it and I loved it so much. And I was like, so happy and right. It made me just feel it. And it, there's so much. So it's important to know that these experiences, there's so much more than the actual, like, you know, monetary, like um, materialistic thing, right? Like for me, this was like, I felt like my family was capable, right? So um, so I, I love this outfit so much and I wore it twice um, in one week to school and I was like 11 or 12 at the time. So I was probably like fifth or sixth grade. And this girl came up to me and was like, didn't you already wear that once this week? And this seems like very silly and to, to a lot of people. But for me, this wounded me on like very deep levels. It wounded me because it like wounded my family. It wounded my story. It wounded, you know, um, like it just like went so much deeper than this, like, oh, you know, this kid picked on you. Um, and that's why like, it's just so important not to downplay any situation because they're, they take different tolls within you. Um, and so that, so that was, yeah, that one little incident, actually, I was like, and I choked up and I, and I was like, oh, I must've forgot. Like I just, you know, and I, and I didn't own that and that stuck with me. So moving on, I became so conscious. I would like literally plan out in my head when I wore what, so that I never felt this again. Um, and, and then of course, like this also played into, 
just like, yeah, trying to blend in, um, and all of these things. So until like, I, then I, at one point I was like, okay, I want to evaluate when did I become, when did I start like stop lacking confidence? Like when did I become so indecisive and all of these things, like all of these like shadowy things. Right. So I started to look back and, and, and a lot of times we'll also say, well, no, that, that can't be, that's not the experience. So just really important to give yourself permission to say, yes, this experience affected me, but I get to reclaim and reshape that story. So then the other part of the shadow work is working through it. Um, and like, this is why I love to use movement because a lot of times um, our feelings live so deep within us that words sometimes aren't enough. So when we actually let ourselves move through it, um, a lot can come up and then we free ourselves from that experience and then we choose. So now I'm like, actually, I am you know, now looking back, I'm like, yes, I'm actually proud. And this is actually my mission is to have less things. And I wear the same things all the time. Um, but they're like, you know, <laughs> things that I love and that are sustainably made and that like meet that like match with my values. Right. So I get to reshape that story. Um, so that's, I hope I answered that, but that's a little bit of shadow work and how it like shows up in our life and then how we get mm-hmm. to like transmute it basically. Where does the theory of shadow life stem from? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the like shadow work really is like even like um like Carl Jung and they like they that that's what where it started. Um okay. however, like my approach to it is very is a little it's not so I I'd say like it's not like in, in like a like a textbook version. I really do it from like feeling and seeing people and helping them like just own, like own their experience. And then like having this more like flowy and feminine approach to it um, versus like this, like textbook, um, you know, A, B and C way, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. What, what's the number one thing that holds people back from being who they really want to be from doing what they want to do versus what they should do? Mm, yeah, I personally feel like this is fear and fear uh, and like also seeking outside validation. Um, I see this all the time yeah. and so much of what we do, of who we are, how we show up, what we say, what, you know, all of these things, we're afraid of being judged and we're afraid of, well, what is that person going to think? Or what is, you know, um, and right. this, yeah, and, and it's and and when we think about the way that we grew up and just, you know, we've always been told like, well, here you're quiet and here you're, you can be loud and you sit like this when you're here and you do this when you're here. And I really feel like that, you know, from very young age, we've picked up this like notion of I'm, you know, and, and, and it's important to realize this so that you can change it in your life, but you have to ask yourself, like, who am I living this life for? Um, and most often the people that we're afraid of being judged by are actually people that aren't necessarily relevant in our lives. Um, like for example, when I started to, to do more of this work, my really good friends were so supportive. They never judged me. In fact, they always like encouraged it. Right. But the people that I knew or like felt or was afraid to, to show up in front of were really the people that, you know, were, didn't necessarily have a relevance in my life. So we have to ask ourselves, like, why then do we allow them to like, Right. Impact mm-hmm. what we're doing. Right. So well, I really like- think all too often we 
are so concerned about other people's opinions of us. And that's Mm -hmm. none of our business. Like what Mm -hmm. you think of me, your opinion of me, none of my business. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what? We're passing, we're meeting, but you may like me, you may not, but we're moving on. So, you know. Yeah. That's hard. I think that's hard because we grow up thinking, you know, be nice, play well, you know, make friends. And so we're always trying to act like, you know, your, their opinion matters. Absolutely. And I would even say to that, that, you know, a lot of times when someone is judging us or, you know, it, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It has to do something with them because most of the time this judgment happens when someone when, when something in you triggers something in someone, and usually that trigger comes from something that they haven't worked through themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And then you could even go take it a step further and say, well, then I should even show up more because then that helps that other person to work through that thing. So if you ever think about, so I started doing this like um, for my own self. And of course there's things that trigger me. So I would like when something didn't feel right in my, in my stomach, or I, you know, that kind of like first judgment comes up, just ask yourself like, why? And most of the time it's because that's actually to do with your own wounds or your own shadow you haven't processed, but that person has, and that's why that judgment happened. So it has nothing to do with you, um, but more so where, where that person is. And I think often the things we don't like about our, we don't like about someone else are things we don't like about ourselves. Mm, yeah, like, I don't like, I don't like this about so and so. And if I reflect, from my experience, I find out, oh, you know what, I really don't like that about myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I see maybe from, you know, my experiences, I think you see something in someone else and um, which is sometimes it's easier to identify it in somebody else. It's harder to identify it in yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. And that's why, you know, they're, they're saying like, we're all just mirrors of each other. And it's so true. Yeah. So Nicolina, how do the classes work? How do the, are they, um, well, I know now with the, the pandemic, obviously it's mm-hmm. Zoom, right? And are these one-on-ones? Are they in a group? How does that work? Yeah. So there is really all sorts, all sorts of possibilities, which yes, everything is online now. And, and, um, and while, yeah, I love in-person things. I think that having things online just bridges this, this, Yeah, like there is, you know, we can connect people all over the world. So I do one on ones. um, And so it's, it's just, yeah, like a a three month container one on one, and it's really catered to that specific person's needs. Um, And then we meet in like weekly sessions. And we do different things like depending, once again, depending on the person's needs, but you know, maybe one week we'll do energy work to really like open up. And then the next week, we'll do like a deep dive movement, all of these. um, Yeah, uh, different uh, modalities. And then there's also like group programs. So I do actually have um, a group program that's just like a self-study. It's a really like a beginner's course to visualization and getting clear on your vision. I think that's like the big, the first big obstacle that we face is that we don't know what we want. We're just kind of like riding the waves. But if someone like, you know, and I've asked people before, like, okay, well, what do you want? And they're like, well, I'm not, I've never really thought about it. So, um, so this, yeah, the, the self-study course is really about like getting clear on that vision and learning to step out of your own way. Um, and then, yeah. So, and then I also do um, like one, like one-time sessions like with energy healings. So if someone 
just wants to get um, like a, a Reiki session done, then I do that as well. And that can actually be done distance. And a lot of people are skeptical on how that works. And um, it's amazing. You know, energy is, it, it is this like mystical thing, but actually like night, like 0.001% um, of our like what we see, like the physical glass and, and the table is really only a small portion of actual reality. So a lot of what we can't see with our naked eye um, is, is there, right? So energy works. Yeah, it's like a universal channel. Um, and most people actually even have more intense sessions in distance. Um, so it's, yeah, very interesting. So I do that as well via distance. And um, this summer, I'm actually working on like a six month group program um, that will be really intense as well. And then we'll do like group sessions, um, home studies and things like that. For our listeners and viewers today, I've actually I did a my therapist did a meditation. Um, my therapist, we did a meditation and it was one of the most over zoom, you know, because we, we've, we've strictly been over zoom and it was the most intense energy healing. Like, like it was insane. And I, I, within 30 seconds, I was bawling my eyes out. I'm like, how did this happen? We're on zoom. (laughs) But yeah, so the over like zoom thing, it 100% works like for sure. So how do people sign up or, um, uh, learn more about the classes that you offer? Yeah. Um, so if they can go to nicolinaadzeg.com and all of the, all of that is listed there. Um, and then there's also my email is listed there. So if they're not sure what exactly they're, they want, or they're not sure if it's right for them, they can email and write to me. And I love just connecting and, um, and yeah, helping you find like what is best for, for you. Um, so if there are any like questions or, um, you know, more guidance needed, you can, you can email me, but yes, everything is on nicolinaadzik.com or like, yeah, also my social media, we can connect there as well. (laughs) You're on Facebook and Instagram and her links are on the post. So if they go to the link of the show and we'll Mm -hmm. post to them, um, people will be able to find you that way. So we'll add those links again to an additional post. So Mm -hmm. people can find you that way. Amazing. Yay. <laughs> for people to begin. Yeah. If there was- How was the oh. Yeah. Go ahead. I got to take oh, my notes. No, it's okay. Go ahead, say, for people to begin, like if they wanted to start to get themselves in a better space, in a better yeah. mindset, in a better direction, like to start the first step in doing some work, mm. what would first thing you would tell somebody who's listening, watching, or, you know, wondering, yeah. What's the first thing they should do? Uh, this is a great question. And, and I think maybe some people might be disappointed with this answer because a lot of times, um, and this actually also stems from more deeper work, right? We we want the we want the answer to be this like crazy, complicated, huge thing. Like we think that that will get us there, right? Um, and then when it's something so simple, we use it as an excuse not to do it. Um, my number one thing would really be to spend time alone. Um, and in when I say spend time alone and in quiet, not like alone on your phone, um, you know, scrolling, not list, not even listening to music alone, but really just time, like go on a walk by yourself, no one there, no headphones, no distractions. Like that would be my, to, someone just starting out, that would be like the, the, my first recommendation is spend more time alone because we don't, we're, we're constantly, we have so much noise around us. So 
we are constantly like full of things swimming through our head and um yeah and that's the first step because we are all whole and we are capable of so much more than we give ourselves credit for and until you start spending that time alone and really like listening to your to your body and to your soul um yeah, that would be my number one thing. And then I'll give another one and that would be to journal. Um, and journaling is extremely powerful because when we think about something, it's just kind of like up here in this cloud. But when we write it down, we materialize it. We bring it into like this physical realm. And sometimes when we start to journal, like things come out that we're afraid to admit Um, or that our mind, while it's in our mind, we can, we like tend to kind of like push it away. So if a thought comes up, right, you're, you, you, you're like, okay, I'm going to push that away. But when you write it down, it's there and you can go deeper and deeper and deeper. So I guess that, that will be my two suggestions that anyone can do. They're completely free. So no excuses. (laughs) Very good suggestions. Yeah, very good. So do you, do you think that um, on your website, it says for all to reclaim their wildly confident power, do you Mm -hmm. think that everybody can reclaim their confidence? Do you think everybody has confidence buried Mm -hmm. somewhere? Yeah, like a thousand percent, like not even a question about it. Confidence really is a muscle. It's a muscle. It's a muscle. The more you practice it, the stronger it is. And it really is an ongoing journey. You know, um, yeah, I teach confidence and help people step into that. But when, you know, even at the beginning of as I was getting on this call, of course, I was nervous. Like, you know, it's not it's not something that you do once and then you just show up to everything like completely confident. Right. We all have it. Um, It's just that like stepping into it um, and and working and like owning it and 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 how like for example for me a big part of that journey was just reevaluating of where did I lose this along the way because I wasn't you know and if we think back to our childhoods like I wasn't I remember like running barefoot and picking flowers like I was so like free spirited so figuring out where I lost it and then choosing to reclaim that story so and like rewrite that story so yes all of us all of us have it and are capable of having it and it's just the muscle that um needs that gets strengthened with with time That's that's yeah, that great amazing. um what's the difference between confidence and being cocky Ooh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think that it like, depends how you use it and what you want it for, right? Like when we talk about owning confidence and stepping into confidence, it's not so that we're better than anyone. It's not so that <laughs> it's not so that we can. Well, hello, ladies. Hello. Sorry, we just we just got a guest pop in from her <laughs> vacation. <laughs> She must have oh, heard me go say, ahead, Nicolina. Is this an excused absence? And she showed up. Yeah, yep. You scared her. <laughs> it's, a, it's an extreme party. So she turned on her phone and then left the room <laughs> just to make it look like she's on. Yeah. That's she's it. got a cardboard cutout of herself. Oh, there she is. There she is. Hi, real mom. Hi, <laughs> Hi ladies. <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at the corner grill right now, getting ready to eat. Oh, okay. Some, well, some delicious food. You're welcome. I was going to say, we've got five <laughs> minutes left. Thank say you. hi to Nicolina right here. Hi, Nicolina. How are you? 
this is, this is the, the invisible Nora today. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was going to come on earlier, but I was out nor I can't say Wallace. Yeah. I was Wallace around. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let Nicolina finish this part here. Okay. With the khaki versus confidence. Yeah. So it's really about, you know, um, we don't work on our confidence to to prove a point, to be better than someone else. No, it's really so that we can carry out our mission. So if you, you know, I just recently worked with someone who wants to write a book about her. She, she went through um, something really profound and she wants to write a book about it. And it like, so, and, and what's stopping her is this lack of confidence, right? So um, working on that confidence allows us to carry on our mission, to, to listen. Like when you're confident as well, you also open to listen to those like intuitive hits and those, and, and those calls, right? So that is the purpose of confidence. It's not to, you know, I, I feel like with cockiness, it's like, well, I'm better than you or here I am. No, it doesn't have anything to do with that. Confidence really is just so that you right. can carry out your purpose and your mission. Um, and that will be like, it's al- it's almost like a fuel, right? When you have that confidence, you then it's like that fuel to, to help you move forward. So that, that is my, in my definition of the difference. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Yes. Nicolina, you have a, a workshop coming up February 20th, right? I think with Cassie. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This will actually be our in-person event in Michigan, um, February 20th. It's, um, however, it is sold out as far as I know, but there will be uh, virtual options to tune in. And the best way to learn about that workshop is to go to Serene Soul Retreat, either on Instagram or Facebook, and you can learn more or um, sign up so that you get updates for for future events. Awesome. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for um, all the information. We have your links posted. So um, I highly recommend people check out the website and check out the classes. And especially during COVID, when you have to spend so much time with yourself, Mm -hmm. this is a good time to make that transformation. So thank you, Nicolina. Mm -hmm. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. you in person. (laughs) Likewise. Yes, I'll see you at February 20th. Right, Jackie? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. All right. The red Very fortune cookie of the day says yeah. that Nora's coming back tomorrow. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it does say that in little tiny print, but the other print that we can that I can actually see says, <laughs> do not fear going forward slowly. Fear only standing oh. still. Mm. Oh, oh, that's perfect. Awesome. That was perfect mm. for that today. That was for Nicolina. <laughs> yes. Perfect. That yep. was a great one. Well, thank yep. you, everyone. Nora, have a great vacation. Say hi to the family. Yes. And, uh, and I'm taking this one, Nora. Oh, ooh, look ooh. at that. <laughs> that looks amazing. <laughs> All right, guys. Don't forget that sometimes your only mode of transportation available is the leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith and have a great week. Happy hump day. Bye. Bye, Nicolina. Bye, Nora. Thank you. (laughs) See you, everyone.